Hey, 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 welcome to the Pastor Duke Podcast. Here I am in upstate New York, a beautiful fall day, looking for the return of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus told me, when you begin to see all these things come to pass, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. The most common question I'm asked out when I'm out on the road preaching prophecy conferences is, where is America in prophecy? How soon do you think it might be till the Lord returns? Well, on the second question, (laughs) nobody knows the day or the hour, but when you begin to see these things come to pass, and let me tell you, the birth pains have begun. Where is America in prophecy? That is a great question. So that'll be our topic today, America in prophecy. You know, this past week with the Afghanistan debacle, southern border crisis, COVID craze, and vaccination mandates tightening, huge hurricanes hitting uh, our southern shores. I've been singing a song I haven't sung for a long time. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now are at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, safe from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians awake. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom. Trumpets will sound. All of the dead shall rise. Righteous meet in the skies, going where no one dies. Heavenward bound. What a great song. You know, in God's providence, I've spent quality time this past two weeks with five pastor friends along with myself logging in over 180 years of cumulative pastoral ministry. Each of them said the exact same thing. They said, quote, I think our nation perhaps has crossed the line. And we all hope we're wrong. You know, there's always a straw that breaks the camel's back. There's always a line can get crossed. There's always a point of no return. For sure, these are unprecedented days in our American history. A psalm comes to my mind from Psalm Uh, 9, I believe it's verse 15, it says, the nation that forgets God shall be turned into hell. That kind of infers that a nation that sort of kind of knew God, and like no other nation in, in world's history except perhaps Israel, America knew God way more than any other nation, and history would prove that out. We were determined by President Obama, no longer a Christian nation. That's what he said. I hope he's wrong, but I'm afraid perhaps he's right. I read in my quiet time uh, a few days back from Ezekiel, quote, I made thee a reproach to the heathen. That's kind of where America is at now, how we handled Afghanistan, kind of a reproach, kind of our uh, uh, allies don't trust us, our enemies don't fear us. We've been made a reproach to the heathen and a mockery to all the countries. We left hundreds of Americans behind in Afghanistan. We'd never done anything like that before. We gave all of their names to the Taliban. What were they thinking? We gave billions and billions of dollars of military equipment to the Taliban, which ranked them now the number three most powerful military in the world behind only the United States and China. We have a president that can barely complete a sentence. That's surreal, and yet that is our reality. The political divide is like never before. Where is America in Bible prophecy? What is happening 
in our country. In the 1930s, after the Scopes trial of 1929, we took creation science out of our schools and began to teach our kids that their great-great-great-granddaddy was a monkey. In 1962, we officially removed the Bible, God, and prayer from our public schools. Only 11 years later, 1973, we passed Roe versus Wade, and today the blood of 63 million innocent dead American children cries for justice from our soil. Six years ago, our Supreme Court ruled that Sodom is now the official moral code of our country. Hillary Clinton deemed those of us who hold to traditional Judeo-Christian moral values to be deplorables, the unredeemables, kind of calling the bad guys the good guys and the good guys the bad guys, I would say. Andrew Cuomo, uh, our governor here in New York up till a couple weeks ago, said, there is no room in New York for pro-lifers. That was before the 16,000 innocent seniors died alone in New York rest homes because Cuomo sent COVID-19 patients back into the rest homes and covered up, covered up the deaths of over 10,000 of them. So glad he is now out of office, though, for other crimes. In March 2020, they shut down our churches, but kept the liquor stores open because they were deemed essential. Today, multitudes of wonderful, innocent people are losing their jobs over the vaccination mandates. That, my friend, is totalitarianism firmly in place right here in our nation. The new world order is almost here. The global economic reset. What's that all about in the light of Revelation chapter 13? It's looming on our near horizon. America is clearly not a big-time player in the end times Bible prophecy. I think we are seeing now just why that might be like never before. We've heard our president say dozens of times, I, I better not say that or I'll be in trouble. They told me not to answer that question. Kind of makes you wonder who is they? Who actually is guiding this country? My pastor friend, uh, Bob Hart, uh, had breakfast with him recently, longtime fruitful pastor here in the capital region. Uh, we reconnected. He responded after I asked the question, you know, who is it perhaps leading the charge backstage? Could it be Obama calling the shots? He said, no, Obama is far too smart to be this stupid. I thought that was a pretty interesting statement. Biden tells us of his coming door to door to enforce the jab upon all. That has never happened since a World War II, Nuremberg Code, Hippocratic Oath, and 250 years of American medical history. But that's what my president told me. He tells us he's coming for our guns, all the while he gives away a third of our military to our vowed enemies in Afghanistan. Any of you remember when two plus two used to be four? Things are changing. It doesn't make any sense. It's surreal, and yet it is our present-day American reality. I believe I have a biblical explanation for all of this insanity. Psalm 59, 8. But thou, O Lord, shalt laugh at them. Thou shalt have all the heathen in derision. That's the only thing that answers it for me. This administration is clearly in derision, and our mainstream media is completely compliant. But I also know backstage there is a spirit moving along a long foretold 
prophetic agenda. The spirit of Antichrist is already here, the New Testament tells us. He must break down the nations, and I think that's what's happening in America. Satan must break down the nations to achieve his new world order and global dictatorship. America has been that last bastion of national strength resisting the global governance, and it seems America is crumbling. You look at a lot of the U.N. votes this past years, especially under the Trump administration, 184 to 1, 184 to 1, 184 to 1. Well, who was that one? None other than America. It ain't rocket science. Obama, a globalist, buys in hook, line, and sinker to the Paris Climate Accord. Trump immediately opts out. He's a nationalist. Biden immediately opts back in. He or his handlers are globalists. There was a never-ending attack on Trump from the time of his candidacy. Obama had Trump's headquarters bugged and got away with it. They don't hate Trump for his haircut and his uh, mean tweets. They hate him because he he's not owned by them. He is a nationalist burr in their globalist saddle. Even with him out of office, he is still their main nemesis, still drawing mega crowds at his rally all the while. Their boy in the White House can barely complete a coherent sentence. So what's happening? I believe America is reaping what we have sown. I believe God's judgment has now begun on this once great country. If God doesn't judge America, he'll need to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. The patriot in me would love to see a strong and righteous nation here at home would love to see a biblical, old-fashioned, Christ-centered revival, millions coming to Christ, repenting of their sin. But I don't see this in the prophecies. I do see Second Thessalonians 2. As that day approaches, there will be a falling away first, Greek word apostasia. I wish I could see revival coming, but it seems to me we have more falling away than we have revival. I don't like what I'm saying, but I believe it's both biblical truth and the reality that we see in our face every day as we listen to the news, the fake news, and hopefully some other sources of news that can clue us in on really what's going on. That's the hardest thing today is really what is happening. Six mogul news guys meet every day at 4 a.m. to determine what is and what isn't the news and let us go uh, by that. And they, I think that's the blind leading the blind with Satan's agenda as I see it. So critical for those of us who love the Lord to seek God's wisdom and seek alternate sources of news to try to understand our days what's going on and what to do i believe the birth pains of the end times scenario has begun big difficult events only come harder and faster accordingly my hopes lie not with a political party or a candidate i will always vote a candidate who is most biblical and usually that comes down to pro-life my hope is not in a political party or in a candidate. My hope, and I know yours too, our hope is in the Lord. These are the days of which our Lord told us would come. He's got this thing. 
God gave us everything we need to know about the last day's condition. 2 Timothy chapter 3, the whole chapter gives us social signs. This know also that in the last days, perilous, dangerous times will come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection. It will be as uh, Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them in a like manner. We're given the alignment of the nations in Daniel chapter 2 with Nebuchadnezzar's dream that the great statue, head of gold, represented Babylon. Uh, as we go from the top of the statue to, down towards its feet, we have the transcending of time. Babylon would fall to Persia. Persia would fall to Greece under Alexander the Great. Greece would fall to Rome, the Roman Empire, phase one, the legs of iron, feet iron mingled with clay. Not so tight a political alliance, but nonetheless, the Roman Empire would rise again in the time of the end. We call that the European Union today, out of which the Antichrist will arise. Daniel chapter 7, Daniel has a dream, reiterates almost all the same things. Babylon, Persia, Greece, and Rome, Rome phase 1, Rome phase 2, uh, will form together in the time of the end. The Antichrist will arise there, institute the mark of the beast, and then comes the Ancient of Days, capital A, our Lord and Savior. Jesus said before Abraham was, I am. It will be God's time. He will come. He will set up his kingdom. But until then, before thy kingdom come, where the lion lies down with the lamb and Jesus is king, God in his sovereignty is going to allow Satan to do his temporary, thank you, Jesus, temporary kingdom. He clued us in on everything that was important. He clued us in on the technocracy, Revelation 13. How could the image of the beast speak without artificial intelligence? How could there be a marking system in the right hand, a cashless society, unless we had chips and scanners and 5G and space links and data centers? God laid that all out 2,000 years ago, what to expect, and no generation has ever had Everything converged like this one. The nation of Israel is home. The nations are lies. God completely exposed his adversary's political agenda and many details in his short reign of terror soon to come. I've been preaching this prophetic course of action for nearly 50 years. I'm not enjoying watching it all unfold, but I clearly understand it now more than ever before. It's so easy to connect the dots when you have been a student of scripture, the glove of prophecy, and now the hand of reality fitting in snug in that glove. I think the thing that most saddens and baffles me is the depth of deception. I marvel at how Satan is so clever to package his agenda in the sweetest packages. You know, stay home, save lives. I mean, man, I want to save lives. I want to save souls. How about this? Sustainable growth in the Agenda 21, now Agenda 2030. I marvel at how subtly he labels the good guys as the bad guys. I heard just days ago on the mainstream media that I am now a domestic terrorist. Why? Because I'm un-COVID vaccinated. Even though I've had COVID, I'm a COVID survivor. I have the COVID antibody. My blood could save someone who is dying of COVID from the disease. Even though the Cleveland Clinic says I'm safe, Cleveland Clinic tells me not to take the vaccine as I would be three times more likely having some terrible symptoms from it than someone who had never had COVID in the first place. Nothing new here. 
The Jewish religious leaders called Jesus Beelzebub, prince of the devils. I saw very early on in this COVID nightmare the suppression of any COVID cure. Think about that. The 192,000 strong frontline doctors group banned together on their own dime, came to Washington, D.C., and were banned. They were censored. They were labeled conspiracy theorists. You see, it was all about the jab from the beginning. I think something devious is going on with the jabs. I think Satan is using it to condition the world for more government control, more government shutdowns, and ultimately... I see it as a segue to what we see in Revelation chapter 13, a totalitarian government. They already have it in China, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4 billion people being surveilled completely under the control of the Communist Chinese Party. Sorry, Donald Trump, warp, speed, and vaccines do not belong in the same sentence. Never till COVID had there been a waiving of animal trials. You need to hear Bill Gates speak in his own words of his future plans to save the world from upcoming pandemics with a constant flow of more and more vaccines and boosters. Go online, listen to what he says, all the while he is central to the vaccine movement. He says, quote, I'm cashing in 20 to 1 for every dollar I invested in vaccines. Is he a great entrepreneurial uh, humanist saving the planet, or is he taking advantage of the situation? We'll all have to come to our own conclusion on if Bill Gates is a good guy or bad guy. But I got my eye on him. And all the while, he is central to the United Nations Agenda 2030 and radical reduction of human population. You know, save the planet and kill off the people. Reducing the planet's population from 7.3 billion to 500 million. You know, sustainable growth. You can smell the devil in those details. Follow up on that, my friends. My gospel wants to save people from the planet, not save the planet from the people. God told us to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. It's probably not a dink that when you look at all the people central to the United Nations agenda and the World Health Organization and all the vaccine plans, you see all the same names. Soros, Gates, Fauci, I see the year 2021 concluding with a huge health crisis superseding the crisis of 2020 and COVID. Did you look at the death statistics around the world? They just bumped up a slight little bit in 2020 over the year 2019. Seems like there was a lot of hype not backed up by actual death facts. But if the vaccines are as dangerous as, as many frontline doctors and immunologists say that they can be, I hope this is not true. But I listen, and I'm nervous about, they say, what could happen. If it does, the worst is yet to come. I hope and pray they're wrong. But the ProVax team is making fabulous money in their stand for the vaccines, while the anti-vaxxers are losing everything in their stand. 
Remember, the love of money is the root of all evil. And these are truly frightening times on this vaccine movement. What's in them? Why are they not working like they were told? If they're working, why do they have to mask up and social distance again? And they're blaming it all on those who are not vaccinated, even though we've mostly had COVID and our survivors are in no danger from the COVID virus now. The nightmare of 2020 has only intensified. The lines are drawn. Division is deep. I see it all as a clash of titans. I see it as God versus Satan, good versus evil. My eschatology tells me it will continue to worsen. Evil men and seducers of wax worse and worse deceiving and being deceived. It'll continue to get worse until (laughs) some good news. You deserve some good news until the return of our King Jesus. But today, my phone, my email, my Facebook messenger are full of desperate people trying to figure out where they stand, what to believe. America is almost unrecognizable now. Censorship is everywhere. Medical mandates uh, never before being a part of our country like now. It's in our faces. Vaxxers often hating non-vaxxers. Mainstream media pushing their globalist agenda without ceasing. But as I'm watching, I'm hearing my king sweetly comfort me. Blessed are ye when all men shall revile you and speak evil against you falsely, for so persecuted they the prophets. I read in the New Testament the disciples were arrested and they were beaten and commanded not to speak in the name of Jesus anymore. But what did they do? The Bible said they went on their way rejoicing. The Holy Spirit came upon them in great power. They said, "What should we rather obey man or God? They chose God. They were civilly disobedient. They lifted up their voice like a trumpet and preached the word of God with power. And many people who were lost listened to the power and they saw the joy in their heart. They saw the confidence and they knew that they had something they needed, and millions more Jews came to Christ. And so persecution came upon the Jews by the unbelieving Jews. They were forced to scatter. What happened then? They were persecuted by the Romans. And But did it stamp out the church? No, it only strengthened the church. Christians had resolved. They had the power of the Holy Spirit. They pulled together in the churches, tight, loving one another, showing the world that we really are his disciples. And it was said later, the blood of the martyrs was the seed of the church. I've been singing a lot lately in my quiet time, laying on my bed at night, reading my Bible in the morning. I'm singing with my slave brothers and sisters from former days, swing low, sweet chariot, coming for to carry me home. As they sang in the fields of injustice during the time of slavery, How bad might God allow it to be before he sends Jesus on his rescue mission to get us out of here? I don't know, but I know one thing. He's big. He's good. He loves us. His timing when he came the first time was perfect. I love that little phrase that says, in the fullness of time, Mary brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes. What was that perfect timing? Well, God knew 
the gospel needed to get to the whole world immediately. It needed the world to be set, to be ready to receive the gospel because God was going to get it out to the whole known world within a matter of a few years. And I see it, uh, and of course I was taught this in Bible college, and I agree, a lot of smart people preceded me, and I'm not even don't even consider myself a smart person. I'm just smart enough to hang out with smart people and listen to them. It was the Grecian empire and all their pathetic uh, idolatry and sinfulness and immorality. God used the Greek culture to bring a world trade language. The whole New Testament was written in Greek because if you could speak Greek, you could go anywhere in the world and communicate. There was always someone nearby who spoke Greek who could interpret and in the fullness of time when the Christ child came we had a world trade language from the Greeks we had a for the first time in the history of the world pretty much safe conditions to travel the world the Romans were used by God in all their paganism to build a highway system throughout the known world uh, Roman soldiers along the way there was an air of safety in travel and oceans, uh, the Romans kind of beat down some of the piracy that had been going on forever. And when that virgin Mary brought forth her firstborn son in the fullness of time, the world was now perfectly ready to receive the Messiah, a, a universal language and a universal travel system is in place. And that gospel did go to the world almost overnight and God used persecution to do it as God's timing was perfect in the first advent of Jesus. I assure you his timing will be perfect in the second advent of Jesus. If persecution comes to America, uh, excuse me, it's already come to most of the world throughout the ages. If God allows it to come to America, it will only further the gospel persecution has never worked. Perhaps God will allow some Americans to die as martyrs. I hope not. I don't consider myself cavalier. Oh, bring it on. Let them kill me. I, I have a, a little nervousness about some of this stuff, but I know this God's grace is always sufficient and I'm not fear driven. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. He told us what to expect in the prophecies and they're here. He told us what to look out for and it's here. And when we're here with all of this truth, we are here not without him. We are not alone. Our bodies are his temple. He dwells in us. He gives us his wisdom. He gives us his strength. He's with us. Greater is he that is in us than he is in the world. America, I love you, but you've sinned grievously against God. America, repent. America, bow before the Lordship of Jesus. Get back to biblical morality. If not, judgment awaits you. You're not a favored nation. You can't get away with anything. So get into the word. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your hand on the plow. Love one another fervently. Tell people about Jesus and his amazing love. Thanks for tuning me in. Please like, share, help me get the gospel out to the ends of the earth. It's the last days. Jesus is coming. Have a great day. Love you. Bye-bye for now.